my dad ran his veined hands through his hair and laughed. I always fancied I had a bit of Jolly Jack Dar in me. Then it was my turn to laugh. Do you remember that third engineering officer, Dad? The one on that cruise you and Mama took me on? My dad raised an eyebrow. I wanted to break his neck. I had my first love affair aboard an ocean liner. That was what gave my dad murderous thoughts, and me my sea leg. The day Dad found out, a sou'easterly gale was blowing a force ten, and the propeller came out of the water, sending a momentous vibration all the way through the ship. I was down below the waterline when it happened, looking for my third engineer to tell him to keep out of my father's way. It was tempestuous down there. Our tempest is dying down, and Tim has got his sea chart spread out on the floor. Some of the passages we've made on the Princess Matilda are amongst the most treacherous and challenging waters in the world. Together, we have navigated many nautical miles as we journey around the British Isles. But we're hardly in Dame Ellen MacArthur's league. We have to keep leaving the boat. Tim has to earn the mooring fees, and that often takes him out of the country. Since we left the salty end of the Thames in 2005, Tim has worked on location in Los Angeles, New York, New Mexico, Canada, South Africa, Spain, Ireland, Germany, Italy, and Watford. And I have travelled with him. So we have to find a secure mooring while we're away. The other limitation is the weather. We are fair-weather sailors, and can only cruise between April and, if we're lucky, October. Mooring up before the bad weather sets in means we have had a new winter home every year since 2006. We love seaside towns out of season, when all the fairground rides and beach huts are mothballed and the tourists have gone home. There's nothing quite like an empty beach, even if you are being knocked off your feet by the force of the wind. In the winter... We keep our fire alight, and after a day out, eagerly head back to our boat to be thawed out. Tim and I consider ourselves to be pretty lucky people. Tim, as an actor, does not have a nine-to-five job, and as his PA, neither do I. But I'm a PA who also does the dirty washing, as well as wrestling with filthy wet ropes while hanging onto a boat hook to secure a mooring buoy, often in torrential rain. Sometimes it is impossible to get off our boat. We've run aground once or twice. Other times we've anchored in the middle of nowhere or moored on the branch of a tree. Tim and I are very self-contained. Even though we've been married for almost 30 years, we still enjoy each other's company. We can measure our married life together in two ways. Before we had a boat and after we had a boat. Back in 1997, we got our first boat, Cassian. She was past her prime, an old rust bucket, otherwise known as a narrowboat. I think my dad and his grandfather, the journeyman, would have recognised Cassian as a coal barge with a roof and windows. We bought this particular boat because our youngest daughter, Sadie, thought the red upholstery was pretty, and our son, Rafe, was excited about the bunk bed in the back cabin. Tim and I loved the little saloon with the L-shaped fitted sofa that pulled out to make a double bed. Our eldest daughter, Pascal, was a teenager 
and had other fish to fry. We cherished that boat, for it helped my husband in his long, slow journey back to health. It was a very slow boat, because four miles an hour is the speed limit on a canal. So in a way, Tim's recovery mirrored its sluggish progress up and down the Grand Union Canal, the main artery of Britain's inland waterways. I suppose we can also measure our married life together another way. Before and after, Tim being diagnosed with acute myelogenous leukemia. The 8th of May 1996 is a date seared into my brain. This was when Tim was told he had days to live. That is what acute means. Leukemia is a blood disorder, and he spent over three months in protective isolation. While he was being treated with aggressive chemotherapy,